Welcome to the Taking the Higher Road podcast, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. This week, I'm excited to be joined by a great friend and integrated partner, the CEO of Idelic, Hayden Cardiff. Welcome to the podcast, Hayden. Great to see you. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Really appreciate being here. Now, safety and compliance may not be the first thing you know, people think about when it comes to recruiting and retention, but we're going to discuss just how important it is, and especially with Idelic's comprehensive driver management platform, uh, where so much critical driver data is aggregated to help you not only predict and prevent crashes, but also reduce driver turnover. So uh, as is uh, customary, I start <laughs> off with a true and false question. Are you ready? Absolutely. Let's dive in. All right. So uh, true or false, companies are embracing technology at a significantly higher rate since the onset of the pandemic. Oh, man. Absolutely true. I, that's that's been one of the biggest trends that we've seen uh, even over the last, you know, over the last couple months here is more and more fleets are diving in and really starting to embrace some technology pieces to help them uh, moving forward here. So, yeah, true. True. Well, and I, I've experienced the same thing, and I think it's not uh, indicative of just the trucking industry, but I think that is uh, that covers all spectrums of, of 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 industry in general. That's something that that I've seen uh, at a at a rapid pace. And you know, we're in a new year now, but uh, but I don't think much has changed, right? In the last six months, we're we're still in the midst of a global pandemic, and hiring drivers is still a major challenge for most fleets. So I'm curious, from your perspective, you know, what do you see as you know maybe the biggest changes? to recruiting and retention that are happening in our industry right now? That's a fantastic question. I think one of the biggest things that we've seen is just fleets are starting to realize how holistic it needs to be to be successful at recruiting and retaining drivers. And what I mean by that is starting to understand that recruiting and retention doesn't uh, rely solely on recruiting teams or retention or operations teams. It is a cross-functional uh, process that goes through recruiting, onboarding, operations, safety, compliance, everyone has to be involved. And I think they were the people are starting to realize that everyone was involved just in different ways. And now that we are in a more remote environment, we're in a more um, kind of broken and, dis and disparate environment than, than normal, uh, the process has to change. And some of those problems that have, we've been able to kind of get through just by being around the water cooler are exacerbating uh, and kind of getting even more, even more, uh, becoming more of a struggle here. Well, and how do you, you know, there is this driver life cycle that we talk about, right? And everything that you do on the front end, um, you know, it's, it's, it's circular. And, and as the driver works through the process, you know, hire the driver and that driver's tenure and throughout that tenure, and even uh, on the other side of that, how you interact with that driver and so on, are you, are you seeing, or how do you see, you know, recruiting departments, you know, working with, say, you know, operations department, safety departments and and all these different what are often siloed. Uh, how do yep. you see them, you know, working together to retain drivers? Yeah, that's one of the things that you know, obviously with more of a remote environment, people are trying to understand where the communication breakdowns are. How do we fix those gaps, especially in a remote environment? And one of the things that I think has really come to light is the fact that there are certain things that are being done, said, and promised to drivers during the recruiting process that absolutely must be shared to 
orientation team, onboarding team, and then the driver managers and safety teams for the tenure of those drivers. Like there are certain pieces of, and lines of communication that have to be connected there. And that's one of the things that we started to see is, is really, really critical for overarching driver retention is being able to really follow through with those through lines of, of communication and make sure that things are, things aren't breaking down. You mentioned the silos and when you have those silos, there's certain there's certain aspects of, of, you know, certain conversations that aren't getting transferred to the people who need to take that information and use it and make sure that drivers getting acclimated to your fleet and making sure that they're doing the things they need to be doing, um, as well as just the fact that you're delivering on some of those promises. So in talking about what some of the breakdowns we've seen, it really starts, you know, starts and ends there. It's like the driver recruiting team, is there a connection and a through line between what they're ultimately saying, doing, promising, and how they're personifying the fleet and the role, and then making sure that that gets followed through on uh, with with the rest of the team. Well, so data, it's all, so much of this is about data, at least from an idyllic standpoint, there's so much data that you are um, providing and, and, and making available to see. And it, and it reminds me, you know, the data doesn't lie. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes you have these preconceived, you know, ideas of what's working or what isn't, but but the data tells the story. Kind of reminds me of my my football days when uh, you know you watch film the next day. You know, you come in early the next morning and you're watching film, and the tape doesn't lie. You know, I mean, you see exactly what happened, what you did, who did what wrong, and so on. And so, I think there's a, there's a lot of value in having access to to data and then being able to act on it. Now. Tech, technology is such an important, you know, uh, as we talked about earlier about how, you know, the industry is embracing it at a much, much more rapid uh, pace, which I'm encouraged to see. Um, how do you take that data and not only how do you use that? How can a carrier use data that they're able to 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 obtain in, in through through their uh, work with Idelic? How are they able to? ensure that 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 can be used in a way to retain drivers better and then also be used to improve their recruiting process? That's a fantastic question. A really good point. Data is obviously key. And we as fleets, you know, we talked about the the, the ability for fleets to really jump in and, and bring on new technologies at a faster pace and really try to combat some of the different issues and challenges that we've seen even over the last 10 months within COVID. But one of the things that's really important that, that fleets oftentimes very intrinsically know is the fact that data is not helpful if it doesn't get turned into insights and action, right? Like just data, data on the surface isn't super helpful if it just stays data. Actually, to be quite honest, especially in our, you know, especially in the world of safety, it becomes a huge, a huge hindrance. Like liability could, could be a liability, right? If you don't do anything yeah, with it, there's, there's so many other things that, like, if you have access to data. Um, and you don't do anything or like don't turn it into insight, it becomes, you know, it, it becomes, uh, it, a moot point, right? Like you can have as much data in the world, but if you don't use it to make good decisions, then it's not helpful. And so with that in mind, like thinking about retention and thinking about it, it it's really about engaging drivers and helping them to execute on all of their expectations, all the things that they are looking for. And that's not just meaning like, giving them pay raises and, you know, just like throw them a bunch of money and they'll be happy. There's so much more to that equation. And one of the things that we've, we've consistently seen across the board is when we help our drivers feel like they're being watched after and not watched over, 
you create a culture where drivers want to stay. And there's a big difference there that might sound like semantics. It might sound like, uh, you know, just flowery language, but there's, there's a real difference there. And what I mean by that is drivers, although there's such a high turnover in the industry, drivers have just as much of a runaround and pain going out and jumping to a new fleet as you are trying to recruit them. They have to go through all the same compliance, all the same background checks and drug screenings and do the interviews and go through the on-road testing. I mean, that, that is not something that drivers enjoy doing. They like driving. That's what, that's what their profession is. And so it's not like they, they enjoy just going out to di- and, and jumping from fleet to fleet. They're looking for a place where they can feel at home. And we consistently, when we go in and talk to fleets and we go in and talk to driver managers and we go in and understand their process, like everyone wants to care about their drivers. Everyone oftentimes believes that they care about their drivers, but the the perception of what drivers feel on the other end of that (laughs) equation is not always mirror up to the fleet's perception. What I mean by that is, Drivers, again, are looking for a place where they can feel, uh, they feel appreciated, a feel, feel like that their, their voice is being heard, that they're just being, they're just being like the fleet's being honest with them. And so if a driver goes through the recruiting process and the recruiter is telling them, oh, you're going to get, you know, you're going to be home at least once a week. You're going to run this many miles a week. You're going to have, you know, the, with this pay scale, you're going to get to this much, you're going to get this, this much revenue, like personally, like there, there's so many things that they go through and talk about and highlight that don't get captured just from a general note taking standpoint. And then they pass that driver on to an orientation manager uh, and that person then runs through orientation. They run through onboarding. And then in that process they you know, they, the, the, they were hired to run a very specific route from El Paso to Southern California and back and forth. Like that's the route that they run, but yet operations never got that. And then two weeks in operations needs them to go a different route, different lanes. Now that driver is upset. They're mad. Like they, you switched this on me. I wanted to go specifically on this route. Like, and now they quit and you wonder why. And it's not because anyone wanted to be underhanded. It's not because anyone wanted to be uh, dishonest. It's because that information just wasn't shared. It's, I mean, you look at, you know, things, some of the things that we've seen be very effective. Again, you know, Jeremy, you mentioned that we're, you know, we're good integration partners and, uh, and then that communication between an applicant tracking system like a driver reach to a driver management platform like an idyllic. Now you can go in and take notes of aspirations of what that driver was looking for, why they wanted to work for your fleet, what expectations did they have, even personal information like spouse, children, pets, sports affiliations. You can get as personal as you want and have all that information pass, pass through. And then in a driver management solution like an idyllic, those fleets can go. You can assign an onboarding plan, 60 day onboarding plan. Where day one, your driver manager calls that driver and runs through a specific and designated ch- checklist of questions like, hey, you know, we, we got here that you're, you know, you're the, one of the biggest goals of working for us was to do X, Y, and Z. You had this much home time and this expectation of pay. And like, does that all that sound right? Perfect. Great. That sounds, that sounds good. Like that, that mirrors up with expectations or actually, oh, you, you, you know, there might be some variance there. And as a driver manager, you can go in and talk them through what 
real life expectations are on day one. Then a task is kicked out for that same driver manager for that same driver on day six. And now you have all the notes there. You can go back and say, the driver had a, a wife named Jessica. You can say, hey, how's Jessica you know, coping with the transition to our fleet? Everything good there. Like You can start to follow in. And because you have a, a technology platform that you're managing out of, your, you and your teams can now actually care in the way that drivers expect to be cared for. And you can do it consistently. You can do it quickly. You can do it without having to jump into eight different systems. You can do it in a way that scales. And I think that's really, really important because, again, driver managers, safety managers, all, they, all of your team members want to care. They're just too busy fighting fires and managing the backlog of crap that they have to deal with on a daily day basis. And these, like those other things aren't top priority. And so it, it really, it really makes a difference to kind of have that scalability. Well, I think we acknowledge, we both would agree the best way to recruit drivers is to keep the ones you got, right? So you want to put them in a good situation. I, I you know, I think the concept of and, and recognition of using a the platform to, you know, we know that the first sixty to ninety days of a driver's uh, tenure are are the most they're the most susceptible to, to to quit to leave, and so you know putting milestones in place, you know, it sounds like that's what what you can do uh, in idyllic to ensure that that this certain process is being followed that the drivers that you're touching them at certain points and doing certain things to reduce that risk of turnover. Is that a fair yeah. statement? That's, that's incredibly accurate. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's one of the things that that consistency, that, those touch points and that engagement, that's what drivers are looking for and they don't often get it right. And so if you do that, you're going to stand out as a fleet. And you're going to be able to uncover information and be able to, to engage with those drivers on a more personal level. And that's not to say that you have to know all their business, right? Like you don't have to get like, and again, some driver managers, and we would actually advocate like you, there's certain things like you don't want to dive in and like, you're not trying to get nosy with a driver, but you want to, to show that you care and being able to have a consistent process allows that to scale Right. Like you always hear the, the phrase uh, inspect what you expect. Right. And so having that same type of management platform, now you can go in and you can see which driver managers are completing the tasks. Are they completing them on time? What, how are the notes? Are they being thorough and, and descriptive? Are they not? not? That gives you a way to actually go in and engage with those managers, coach the coaches, like be able to help really um, do that from a, again, I keep using the word scalable because a lot of our customers will have, you know, dozens, if not, you know, sometimes even hundreds of, you know, driver managers on the field. And with that level of, you know, with that level of, of just general management that needs to happen, like you, you're kind of going on a hope and a prayer if you don't have a system or solution that helps you gain visibility into the process be able to see what's working, what's not, make good decisions on how to improve those processes over time. So, I mean, it, it, it is really, really critical to have your process that you've outlined just from a, you know, a standardization st uh, standpoint of how I want to recruit, how I want to onboard, how I want to engage. You have to have that process written, documented, but you have to make sure it's big follow. 
and having a, a, a tool to do that is really critical. Well, a couple of things. Um, tech, you're a technology company, so are we. Uh, that is the, uh, the the source of being able to scale. I think using technology, leveraging technology, to it, it enables you to be able to scale. Now, I'd also say I, I thank you for this uh, for this cup that uh, that I've got here. This uh, this comes in handy, and I always appreciate uh, being able to 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 get and and show off some of our our partnerships. Uh, so I appreciate that. Now. You mentioned culture earlier. Uh, you touched on that. And I'm curious, you know, how it's hard right now. I mean, everybody knows it's so hard to hire drivers. How how can fleets target the types of drivers who really fit into the culture that, that they're trying to build? Yeah. How, you know, and, and can 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 the data that they have and, and the direction that they're headed, can that how does that help? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, fleets need to be brutally honest with themselves at what their culture is, what it is today, what they want it to be, and like what it's going to take to get it there. Right? Because if you have if you have a a culture where, or if you are if you aspire to have a culture where safety and operations mend together, and on one hand you've got a driver who gets scolded from a safety manager by hours of service violations, and on the, and in the same breath a driver manager who is out there calling the driver to say, hey, thanks for, you know, thanks for all, thanks for, you know, all the hard running you've been doing this week. You've been more profitable this week than ever before. Like, you're not going to have that culture, right? Like, you've got to be brutally honest with what you're actually looking to do. And again, we're huge proponents of safety equals profitability. Like, you can't have one without the other. Um, and also, say, higher safety generally means higher retention as well. Uh, and, and there's a ton of studies that we could dive in for hours talking about the, you know, how one hand washes the other there. I've got time. You got time? <laughs> I've got time. What's that? Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I think one of the things that's, that's really critical here is when you start to understand what that culture is, you can start to now be very clear and upfront with drivers throughout the process of what that culture is, what it's going to mean to them and what you expect from them throughout the process. So your, dri your driver managers can now have the same uh, discussions with your drivers as your recruiters are because you, that, you have that tie-in and you're closing the loop across the board where the expectations are the same because everyone knows what that culture is and what it should be. Same thing with safety. Same thing with your risk teams. Like Everyone should be able to speak the same language because culture is, should be pervasive throughout the organization. Well, how can they use the how, how can they use idyllic? How can they use the technology maybe to to create make more of a, a, a safety minded professional development type of a culture or a program? You know, if if they're how how can fleets use that uh, to improve their own uh, retention and you know that, their yeah. own culture? I assume that there's a lot of teachable moments uh, in in the data. Absolutely. And you, you, you hit it on the head. The data is key. But again, the data is only as helpful if you use it. And so one of the things that Idelic does is really helped to take and aggregate all that data and tee it up in a useful way. So we have all the integrations like with driver reach, for example, but integrate to ELDs, to cameras, to the FMCSA portal, to background checks and, and NVR monitoring company, I mean, all, all the different systems that fleets generally use day in and day out for a lot of different reasons, whether it's HR, safety, risk, compliance, across the board, we can take all of that data, pull it together, and help 
inform decisions around drivers, help inform who's most at risk and why, because we're leveraging technology like machine learning and AI to put the, you know, be able to, to provide watch lists and understand who's at risk, how much each individual event is contributing to that watch list and, and risk score. So now you can go in and be very prescriptive with the types of training and on the behaviors that need the most help. Because that's another really key part. When you're trying to get buy-in from a driver, instead of just going and say, hey, you had three hard breakings this week, you need to stop, you need to lay off the brake. They're always going to come back to you and say, well, hey, someone cut me off, like something else happened. Like, like I was being defensive. You're, it's, it doesn't help to go and battle off of one-off telematic alerts. What it does do is to be able to like bring a driver in and say, hey, you know, again, you, you know, you, you have a little bit of personal detail. And you're like, I want you to come home to Jessica every night. That's what I want. And so this is what we're seeing. Help me understand what's going on. And you can like literally slide the paper across the table and print out all the uh, positive and negative events that they've done. And you can start to go through and say, hey, we're starting to see a pattern of this. We're starting to see behaviors of that. Is there any particular reason? Like, are you, do you feel like you're being pushed or, or rushed? Like, like, do we need to go in and, and start to assign additional training here? Like, you can have a more effective coaching session. And especially because those are happening, those coaching sessions are now happening before major incidents, right? Like, because we're using predictive analytics, you're going in now beforehand. And it's a much different conversation to say, hey, we want what's best for you. We want you to come home safe. We're seeing some patterns. Let's dive in and maybe touch up, touch up a couple of refresher courses or share some online trainings, whatever the case is, versus, hey, you just got into a bad accident. You're either gone or next, next, you know, next, next offense, you're out of here. Like those are two very different conversations. One is more, more of an advocate for the driver. And the other is the, he, the, the, the traditional heavy handed safety kind of mindset that drivers at least have for their organizations. And so you know, we, we often kind of, we oftentimes look at you talking about safety and retention, how they, how they work together. Creating that culture again, drivers being feel like they've been watched after, not over. That's huge. But then on the that that turnover coin is is you know, double sided. One is the voluntary turnover, right? But the other side is involuntary turnover. And we've typically seen anywhere from twenty to thirty percent of all turnover lie in that involuntary side. That is a huge chunk of drivers who are no longer at your fleet because they have either had bad accidents, they don't want to, you know, they're not buying into training, they're not performing well, whatever the case is, you're letting them go. And so we've kind of coined the, coined the phrase retention by prevention. If we can help you prevent an accident that would have otherwise got that driver fired, you're saving his or her job. Like that's, ret- that's retention. Sure. And, yeah. and so well, and you're, you're educating them, obviously, and, but you, to your point, looking after them. I'm trying to help. We want you to get home, as you said. I mean, I think those are the those are the sort that that's the empathetic uh, uh, and 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 genuine angle that you're you know ideally uh, approaching uh, your drivers with and hoping to get them to see that these things that you're bringing up to them that you're recognizing these challenges and these things these corrective opportunities to correct behavior. Sometimes their behavior, to your point, is a result of Maybe we are pushing them too hard. And if so, we need to know that so we can fix it on our end. I'd much rather, you know, preserve and keep this driver and, and, and reduce the risk of, you know, turnover, especially if you know that they buy in to the, to the culture and, and to safety. 
So from that perspective, I think, you know, just having access to that and that visibility, do you, do you, I'm just curious from a, from a customer success standpoint, do you provide some kind of best practices, how to maybe use the data and that sort of thing? Absolutely. From a safety perspective, obviously, we're using the machine learning, the AI to help predict and understand here are the drivers who are at risk. Here's why. Here's what you should do. Be able to have templated kind of out of the box, best in class training programs, kind of these performance improvement plans, generally three to four week programs. You'd be having one to two to sometimes three touch points throughout the throughout the given week. And so we, we obviously provide that kind of out of box. But one of the other things that's really important here is you you touched on it like the fact that with a scalable system like this you can now dive in and find better understanding onto what's going on whether it's safety whether it's retention you can now go in and understand like what's bothering these drivers oftentimes when there's any type of when there's any type of issue uh, from a performance basis it's either you know the lack of training or or like forgetting of certain things that have been trained or something's going on in their personal life. Right. And so you can start to dive in. I, I can't tell you, we had, we actually had, uh, so we, we had a, a webinar with Billy May who's, uh, who's at no boundaries, fantastic fleet. Billy May is just a terrific human being, but yep, also, yep. I know Billy. I like him. we did a webinar yeah. together, I think at one point uh, yeah, last year. Yeah. Super good guy. Exactly. Good, good customer of ours as well. And one of the things that, that he brought up was just like, Hey, we, we flagged a driver, uh, started to rise up in the risk score. So we, we pulled him in. We, we started to talk to him. We said, hey, man, like here's all the things that are going on. Here's what we're seeing. What's going on, man? Like This isn't you. This isn't normal. So what's going on? Is there anything? Is there happening? And, and the driver quickly said, hey, man, my wife just got into an accident. So she can no longer, she can no longer go to work. So we're, we're stressing out about money, all these different things. And what, and again, this full credit to Billy and, and the, their team there, but they handwritten note to this driver's wife with a $300 gift card for groceries and a bouquet of flowers. Sent that to this driver's wife just as a thing, like we're thinking of you. We, 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 we care about you. That driver came back to, to Billy and said, look, I'm not going anywhere. I, I will, I will work for this company for as long as you'll have me because that is the type of that is the type of fleet that I want to work with. You care about us, our families, what we're doing, and it was and it was it was simple, right? Like it was it wasn't that like it wasn't a huge exorbitant amount of money. It was it was a pretty simple gesture, and it was something to kind of alleviate some stress with the family. The driver continued to to, to perform better now. So if anything, you can think like, hey, this was a risk mitigation factor for them, but really it came across as that genuine act of empathy, and it was understood because they saw the science and the data they they had the relationship there they were able to go in and engage with that driver in a meaningful way that wasn't out of the norm that was a consistent process for them and they acted on it like those things happen so frequently that one that's a safety precaution that's an operational benefit because that driver is now going to be one of your best and hardest running drivers but also that driver is never going to leave Right. Ever. You just built some major that, loyalty points all just because exactly. you care. Actionable exactly. data and you care. Exactly. And also that driver is going to be your best recruiter. Absolutely. Right? You talk about yeah. like dropping recruiting costs and helping talking with about attention. Full cycle. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's awesome. 
Well, we're, we're, uh, I really appreciate it, by the way. Uh, Hayden, thanks again for joining me today. It's always great to catch up with you. Um, next time I might, I might need to, uh, uh, you know, douse this with a little, little bourbon. You, you never know. <laughs> I, nobody said there's not bourbon in here now. Um, but it's a little early for that. But, uh, but I really appreciate it. And, uh, thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road podcast. Remember to follow along at driverreach.com slash podcast. And if you have a question, a comment, or suggestion for a podcast guest, you can drop us a note at podcast at driverreach.com. Until next time, stay true to taking the higher road.